Good morning, everyone. Good Chaydash. First day of Chaydash. Happy Thanksgiving. Today is we're up to the third chapter in the Dadim on page 30, and we continue. We left off the Mishnah. It's uh, the middle of the page. Zok the Heilige Mishnah, Hanoi the Meir de Ayam. If someone makes a net, the thirty. So makes a net, they're prohibiting himself benefit from those who travel from sea, from those who travel in the sea, from sailors. Well, his expression is Yerdei who go down to the Yam because the Yam, the water is lower than the earth. Otherwise, it would uh, cover the earth. So the seafarers, Mutter Biyeshri Ayabarsha. He's allowed to benefit from those who live in the land. Those who don't regular journey at the sea. Those who are not sailors. He said clearly, I'm not going to benefit from those who, who travel in the sea. Sailors. But if he says, He says, I'm not going to benefit from those who live in the ground. Land dwellers. He's also prohibited from benefiting from sailors, from seafarers. Why? Because they're included in the term land dwellers. Because eventually, those who live in the sea don't live in the sea. They have to disembark from the sea. They travel in the sea, but eventually they come back to, come back to the ground. That's their... They, they journey off. They embark from the ground and also spend a lot of time in the sea, in the oceans, in the sea, in the rivers. But they ultimately they always come back. They disembark and come back. So they're included. They're land dwellers. Essentially, we're land dwellers. The innovation is that you also go and travel in the sea. So the seafarers are included in the land dwellers, but not vice versa. The, the, the land dwellers are not included in the, in the seafarers. Now he explains. Clarifies, not like those who travel from Akuliyafu, which is a very short distance. When he says seafarers, what does he mean? He doesn't mean those who travel short distance. Those who travel great distances, those who live in the sea, real sailors. You take a little, a little uh, by boat. You go in Venice. You go in by boat, crossing the street. That doesn't make you a seafarer. Seafair means someone who spends time traveling great distances. They have an argument. There's an argument in Rapop and Ravache, the son of Ravike. One of them says that the Mishnah, the last part of the Mishnah, is commenting on the first part of the Mishnah. The other one says it's commenting on the second part of the Mishnah. The Mishnah says in the first clause that someone who vows he's not going to benefit from the seafarers, allowed to benefit from those who land dwellers. And then the Mishnah clarifies what's considered not like those who travel from from Aku to Yafu, to right next to each other. You know Israel, Aku and Yafu. Are very near each other. Yeah, absolutely. Yafu is one of the earliest port cities in the world. So Aku and Yafu, yeah, very close. Not, not so far. Why? Yafu, Yafu is right next to Tel Aviv. Yafu is next to Tel Aviv. And Aku is, no, before Haifa. 
it's in between Haifa and Tel Aviv is Akur. So, so you travel the Halon, Yeshri Abashanina, they're considered uh, land dwellers. They don't live at sea. You take a short, a short journey by boat to get from the Akku to Yafa, it doesn't make you a, 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 a sailor. Those who leave and embark on a journey and leave the land and spend long days and weeks and even months on the sea, that's what the vow includes. <coughs> The one who teaches the last part of the mission goes in the second part of the mission. He says, whoever makes a vow, I'm not going to benefit from land dwellers. It includes sailors. So he says, Mission spells out, not only those, it includes those who make short trips which surely they're included as land dwellers. So they basically live in the land. They don't spend the night on the boat. They just go, uh, instead of going by, or, by, by horse, by, by donkey, by camel, they take a boat ride from Yafu to Haku. But they basically live every night. They spend, they live in, in the, the land dwellers. Even those who spend weeks and uh, days and weeks and months on the sea, real sailors, nevertheless, they're also included in land dwellers. Why? At the end, they disembark. You don't live all the time on the boat. At the end, they disembark. Today, people live on boats, but they're tied up to the they're tied up to, to the dock. You know, so. so there is an argument. There is an argument between the two. According to the first version, the Mishnah is coming. The Mishnah is coming to be to be strict, right? I'm sorry, the mission is coming to mean the mission is coming to be lenient. That when he makes a vow from seafarers, it only includes real sailors, not those who are hugging the coast, or just traveling or they're not going far into the sea. They're hugging the coast or they or they're going just a short distance. So that they're, they're not included. They're not included in the in the seafarers. According to the second version, the mission is coming to give a stringency. And when he vows and he says that he's forbidden from benefiting those who live in the land, it includes even sailors who spend a lot of time very far into the sea traveling. But he's also arguing. Because according to that version, the mission is not qualifying the first part of the mission, the first statement. So when he says, I'm not allowed to benefit from seafarers, it includes even those who go short distances. Meaning, those, instead of traveling by camel or by foot, or by donkey, choose to travel by boat. They're also called sailors. So when he said, I'm out, I make a vow, I'm out to benefit from sailors, according to this version, they would include even those who hug the coast, those who are to go long, short distances. It doesn't matter, they're sailors. So there's a practical halacha argument. What's the halacha like? The halacha is... What's the halacha? The halacha is with script. Now, Lacha is that when someone says, I'm out of the benefits from sailors, it's a sailor, any sailor. It doesn't matter if he hugs the coast, if he goes short distances, he's a sailor. He's... If someone makes a vow, I'm not going to benefit from those who see the sun. He's forbidden even from the blind. Why? The, sun, the blind can't see. He says, I'm not able to benefit from those who see the sun. The blind can't see. They can't see the sun. So why does it include the blind? So the mission explains. So means those who the sun sees them. Not who sees the sun. 
those on whom the sun shines. That's what he means. Those who see the sun, meaning those who benefit from the sun, the sun shines on them. They also benefit from the sun, the rays of the sun, the heat of the sun, the warmth of the sun. So they're included. That's the mission. What's the reason? Maybe interpret it. He means literally. Those who say his words mean literally. Those who see the sun. A blind person doesn't see the sun. Why does it, why does it include the blind? Sigmar says, He didn't say, They only make a vow from those who see. He should have said, clear. Why is he connecting it to his son? Say simply, I make a vow, anyone who can see. Including the blind who can't see. I'm not, uh, I'm not making a vow from... So therefore, since he mentions the sun, so we mean, that means whoever sees the sun, whoever the rays of the sun reaches. Because if he's if he's coming to exclude the blind, what's that have to do with the sun? It's only the sun he doesn't see. He doesn't see anything. He means this. What's, what's he mean to say? That those who see the sun. What's he coming to exclude? He means fish and fetuses. A fish is in the water. Doesn't see the sun. The, the, the rays of the sun don't shine directly on the fish. It shines on the water. The fish are submerged. And the and the womb and the the try the, the fetus in the mother's womb is also doesn't see the sun. It's, it's hidden. So it's not from those who are hidden away, those who are open, exposed to the sun. That's what he means. Chama means those who are exposed to the sun. They say even though the rays of the sun does reach through the water, even underwater you can see the rays of the sun. But since it's covered by water, so it's, it means it's not directly on them. They're getting it through the water. So it's not directly on them. So it's not included. The animal, since he's excluding fish, so we see clearly that any living creature is part of the vow. I'm not allowed to benefit from anything that, that the sun shines on, which includes all living creatures. It says it does not include inanimate objects, only animate objects. For example, or, or organic is not included. He's only talking about living creatures, like animals, but not organic and surely not inanimate objects. Even though, even though the sun sees them, why not? Because since he says, the expression was those who see the sun. So he's talking about, yes, he's not limiting it to those who see versus those who are blind. But he's talking about a living creature that can see. So he's talking about a living creature who has the ability to see. A fish, an animal. What? No, a living creature. No, but I'm saying, yes, he means those who the sun shines upon them. But upon who? So, uh, so, upon someone who can see. He's saying those with the sun, the rays of the sun shine upon someone who has the ability to see. So that's only a living creature, not the organic life or, or inanimate object. The next mission is Akhtelika Mishnah. If so, it makes a net amar, a lot of benefit from dark heads. Dark heads. He's not a lot of benefit from bold people. Someone said, Hashem made. Some heads perfect, and the rest he covered with hair. But the of bald people and old people <laughs> and old people. His hair is gray or white. Why? Born with dark hair. Amen. Those who were born with it. He's permitted to benefit from women and children. Who is referred to as dark-headed? It's an idiom that refers to adult men. Okay, the mother will explain why. 
My time, uh, what's the reason? Why do you say? He said dark hair. So someone who's bald, someone who, who has white hair or gray hair, he should not be included. Why do you say it includes all of the above? But his answer is, He doesn't say from those who have hair. That's not what he says. What does he say? Dark-headed. Not the color of the hair. He's not saying those who have hair. If he would, if he would mean to exclude bald people, those who are bald, he would have said those with hair. Once he's talking about the color of the hair, dark-headed. So what he means is, it means he's using it as an idiom, an adult man, women and versus women and children. Why not women and children? My time of why? Because men sometimes they uncover their head, sometimes they cover their head. Sometimes they, they cover, sometimes they uncover. Women out of modesty, their heads are always covered. Married women have to cover their hair. So he meant so they don't walk around with exposed hair. So when he said, idiomatically, when he means, when he said, from those who have dark hair, he means from men. It's an idiom, it's a, it's a, it's a term for men, for adult men. Uktanim, leilumigal, while children are always uncovered. So when he, so therefore, So women, if he meant women, he should refer to them idiomatically, those with covered heads. I'm able to benefit from those with covered heads. If he's referring to minors, to children, he would say even those who are, I vow, I'm not going to benefit from those who are always uncovered. Instead, he says, those with dark hair. So he's referring to adult men. He can't describe them as covered, because sometimes they're covered. He can't describe them as those who uncover, because sometimes they're, they're, they're covered, sometimes they're uncovered. The only way to describe them is by their hair, their dark hair. So he's referring to men. So therefore he's not excluding bald, and therefore for the same reason he's not excluding gray or, or white hair. I am is right. This is only at a time, in the times of the Mishnah. When it comes to the Dodim, you have to follow the idiom of that society. Today, none of this applies. But in, the, in a Jewish society, a Lachic society, the women were always covered the hair. Before they married, they were youngsters. But when they got married, they always covered. So it's not referring to youngsters. It's not referring to women, to adult women. So all it's referring to is men, adult men. Because today, men are not allowed to go out uncovered. Today, you can't either say, you could call men covered here. Covered heads, just like the women. Yes, in the olden days, it was only considered a midas chasidus. It was only a pious thing. Those who were pious would cover their hair. You didn't have to cover your hair all the time. So men didn't have to cover their hair. So today, it wouldn't apply in halachic community, in the Jewish community. This wouldn't apply because men are like women. You always have to cover your head. Next mishnah. If so, one makes a vow. I'm not allowed to benefit from Yiladim. Mutter He's allowed to benefit from those who will be born in the future, after the nether is spoken. Yiladim means those who are already born. 
but not those who will be born, who are not born yet. If he says, but if he says that I make a vow from those who will be born, is forbidden to benefit, even from those already born. Even though he said, which could mean those who will be born in the future, but it also includes those who are already born. It means all people. Anyone, everyone is born. It means anyone who's born. Yet to be born, of course, those who are born already. Versus if he says, it means those who are already born to exclude those who will be born as of yet. Rameir argues, he allows you to benefit even from those already born. He says you're allowed to benefit from everyone. Not only from those who will be born, but even those already born. You might explain why. Why not? Why? It means your nether doesn't apply. Your vow doesn't apply to anyone. Why not? The rabbis say, He meant to forbid the benefit from one whose nature is to be born. They're explaining why did they say if someone says I make a vow I'm not going to benefit from Neulad he's not allowed to benefit from anyone even from those already born even though Neuladim would seem to me those who will be born in the future because when they said Neuladim he's not talking about those who will be born in the future what he meant to say is anyone whose species are born those who come from a species where they're born they're created through birth. From mothers. They come directly from their mothers. So anyone who's born directly from his mother is included in this vow. Does it include the chicken egg? Okay, the mother will explain. That's the mission. According to the mayor, he's allowed to benefit from those already born. And how much more so from those who will be born? I'm I'm sorry. According to the mayor, he says he's allowed to benefit from those already born. And how much more so from the Lodim? So, so then the vow doesn't prohibit anything. You're saying that also be Lodim. Everyone. From those who will be born, those who were born, those who will be born. So, so why the vow doesn't prohibit anyone? Why not? I'm not going to benefit from those who will be born, from those who are born. So, or those those who will be born. It says, it's the mission is missing a few words. It's as if the mission is missing words. We have to put in some words in the Mishvachi talk. This is how we have to learn the mission. So it makes a vow from those who are already born. I'm allowed to benefit from those who will be born in the future. But if I make a vow, I'm not allowed to benefit from those who will be born. Also by He's not allowed to benefit even from those who are already born. Meir argues, what's his argument? He says that even someone says that I'm not going to benefit from those who will be born is allowed from those who are already born. Just like you said. Someone who makes a vow from those who are already born is permitted from those who will be born. So when someone says, it makes a vow, I'm not, I'm not allowed to benefit from those who will be born, 
he's excluding those who are already born and not part of the vow. But he means they love them literally, those who will be born, not from the species who come from birth. And they love them the same thing here also. That makes sense. Of course the vow applies, but it's very... Rameya takes it literally, take his words literally. Just like he says, I make a vow, I'm not going to benefit from those who, who are already born. He does not include those who will be born. So when he makes a vow, I make, I'm not going to benefit from those who will be born, he does not include those already born. That's amazing. amazing. The rabbi say no. In the case where he said, I'm not going to benefit from those who are already born, yes, he does not include those who will be born. But when he says, I'm not allowed to benefit from those who will be born, it doesn't mean literally those who will be born. It means those who come into this world through birth, directly from the mother, which includes the whole human species. Exactly. You want to say, means those who will be born in the future. So now in the verse, we find in, in Genesis that Yaakov tells Yosef before he blesses his two sons Ephraim and Manasseh he says your two sons that were born to Eretz Mitzrayim you're going to tell me they will be born they're already born he's about to give them a blessing Yaakov is on, on, his, on his deathbed he calls them in to give them a blessing they're born they're here so we see the expression they love them doesn't necessarily mean those who will be born. They love them means those who are already born also. The mother says, Velamai, the leader Mashma. So you want to say, what's the alternative? They love them means those who are already born. Elamatar says, I'll bring you another passage. This is another verse. Ben Noilad is a son. A son was born. Noilad. To the house of David and Yeshua's name, and that's a prophecy of the future. This is a prophecy. Many years before Yeshua was born, in the time of Yeravam, when Yeravam, the first Jewish king, so a prophet told him, "There's going to come a time when the descendant of David, his name will be Yeshua." You're talking about hundreds of years later, and he's going to slaughter all the idolatrous priests on the very altars that they use for the idol worship. So surely he's talking about the future. He uses Neilad, Neilad. He means will be born in the future, not born yet. Yeshio was the grandfather of Menashe. And Menashe was the grandfather of Yeshio. Menashe Amen Yeshio was the last righteous Jewish king. Took about hundreds of years later after Yeravim. Okay, so we have a contradiction. One verse, Neulad, means will be born in the future. One verse, already means already born. So which one is it? Neulad can go either way. It can mean born already. It can mean will be born. When it comes to vows, we have to follow the idiom, the language of the people, whatever it means. You have to look in the Scrabble dictionary, whatever it means today. That's language. When it comes to Nedarim, you follow the language. Because the whole nether is a language of people. It's you making a nether. It's not the Torah speaking. The Torah is divine. It's Hashem's language. Hashem's language is a different language. Our language, you have to look at the idiom. What people meant, what people mean, what they say. So when it comes to Nedarim, we follow what people meant. Arguments. Rab Meir says that in the popular usage, when you say Noilad, it's exclusively to those who will be born. 
So when he makes a vow, I'm not going to benefit from those who will be born. He's specific. He's precise. Those who will be, excluding those already born, is not included in the vow. Just like when he says those who are already born, he excludes those who will be born. The rabbis argue and they say that just like in the Torah, in the scripture, in the Torah, in the Tanakh, when he says Noilo, they can go either way. So therefore, when you said Noilo, even in conversation, it also means that means he's talking about, when people use it, it means we're talking about the species that are born. I'm making a vow. I'm not going to benefit anyone that belongs to the species where the children are born from their mother's womb. Comes to Yiloid, there's no argument. Everyone agrees. No one argues. Yiloid means those already born and excluding those who will be born. Question is, what well, we find a biblical passage where Yiloid will also means in the future will be born. It says in Yeshua, And all the people that were born okay but then we find in Exodus Pare said that all the children the sons that will be born will be thrown should be thrown into the river into the Nile so he uses Yiloid and he's referring to the future so in the Torah Yiloid can mean both ways just like Nile but in the popular usage there's no question when Yiloid means those already born. That's what it comes in the Dodim. You have to follow the idiom, the culture, the vernacular, the popular usage here. No one argues. Not the maid, not the, not the rabbis. Yiloid means those already born, excluding those who were born. When it comes to Neiladim, here we have an argument what the idiomatic, idiomatic uh, expression, what it refers to. The whole discussion is only, it depends how you spell Yiloidim. In the title it says, Hayiloidim. So Yiloid could mean in the future, in the biblical sense, and Yiloid could mean, and you have to say, here there's no argument in Amen and when he says, I vow from those Yiloidim, because in the vernacular, everyone agrees that Yiloidim means those already born. But there are those who have a vowelization here different than the title. Yiloidim, with a Ye, not Yi, with a Chidim, but Ye, with a Shra. So Yiloidim, we don't find anywhere in the title Yiloidim means other than those already born. So you don't have to say that the vernacular differs from the Torah. Yiloidim is both in the Torah and vernacular. It means those already born. Let's just finish last piece. Until the mission of the rabbi means the species. Why are you coming to the school? Fish and birds who hatch from eggs. They don't emerge live from the mother's womb. Mazel tov, and tomorrow we continue the, the Mishnah. Everyone, good chaydish.